0: Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy?
1: Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here to talk about Season 3, Episode 18, The Hustler, which is available on Paramount+. Plus. Garrett, you want to talk about who wrote the episode?
2: Well, it is our old friends, or I guess our new friends, uh, Lowell Gantz and Mark Rothman again, their second uh, episode after writing The Ides of April. And I noticed they also get a special credit in the um, in at the end of the show. They were pr- kind of promoted to like top staff at this point. Um, maybe next, you know, ne- I promise next week I will do a little more research. Something happens in the closing credits at, during season three where there's like a shift in the personnel, and I, I was interested in that. So
1: and I'll have pro- more on that next week. You promise? I, I promise. Yes. Okay. All right, so we establish the opening with a shot of the San Remo. Felix is in the living room with his opera club. He says, all right now, all those in favor of the Lexington Avenue Opera Club, starting our season with Madam Butterfly again, kindly signify by saying aye. They all raise their hands and say aye. Felix says, those opposed? And really, before anyone has a chance to do anything, which I guess doesn't really matter, he says it's unanimous. We're going to have, now, we're going to have Madam, Madam Butterfly, and they all clap. He says, great. Oh, great. Now, what do we do first? Henry, talk to the man who rented us the wigs and kimonos last year, but tell him this time he's going to have to wait for his money. And we cut to Henry, who says, don't you have the money yet? Now, Henry is played by John Wheeler, who we already talked about, because he was in the episode that we didn't like called, Does Your Mother Know You're Out, Rigoletto? There, he was also playing an opera singer, but his name was Herbert Murphy, and he was a buddy, <laughs> budding opera star from Flint, right. Dayton, and Poughkeepsie. Well, look, it's
2: very obvious what happened. He, uh, once Felix met him, he liked him, invited him to join the opera company, and uh, he changed his name. Of course, that's, that's <laughs> a logical
1: character progression. Uh, he, Felix unconvincingly says, I have it. Don't worry about it. As soon as I talk to Oscar, I'll have the money. And then a woman named Vivian says, last year my wig didn't fit. And Felix says, don't worry about your wig, Vivian. She says, I, have a, I had a headache all through the second act. Now she's played by Janice Carroll, who worked intermittently in the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s on a bunch of shows. But we have already talked about her. She was one of the few things I liked about season one. She was the mother of Clint Howard. In the Big Brother episode. What? Really? Yeah, that's that's the same, her? That's the, her, the same woman. She does not. Didn't think of that. No, you don't. She's obviously playing older here. If you look yeah. at her face and listen to her voice, once you know this, you kind of see it. She may be wearing, in fact, a wig. And she also played another opera club member with a different name in the Rigoletto episode. Mm-hmm. She played
2: Alice.
1: <laughs> So So the
2: opera company is made up of basically the same faces. Yes they change their names
1: right because these writers probably don't remember the names and they I, my guess is the the writers make up the names and the casting people go get the people that they want to get who have already played right. opera either intentionally or unintentionally right. uh then oscar walks in but it does show that there's no
2: attempt to make there's no attempt to make these regular recurring characters well,
1: Even I'm going to say are. there's no attempt to make this show consistent, which is one of the reasons <laughs> it makes it so yes. a good podcast topic is because yes. that's ripe for. And the fans love to hear about the inconsistency. Yes. All <laughs> right. So Oscar then walks in and we go right to our first flip.
0: Look who's here, Mr. Madison. Hi, Hello, Oscar. Hello. some finger sandwiches hey buddy look for the singing telegram that's my opera group they like you everybody likes you all right (laughs) felix what do you want what do do i want i don't want i just want to talk to you No, no, i'm not in the mood what's the matter well you wouldn't understand why of course i would buddy what happened (laughs) i got kicked out of the pool room much left after you've been kicked out of a pool room, is there? Well, I've been shooting so good, lady, they're beginning to call me a hustler. Are you? No. And I was counting on winning enough money to pay my bill. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, you're, you're really something. You, you love to gamble, don't you? I don't nag me now. I'm you? not nagging you. It's healthy. You enjoy it. It's a good outlet. It's perfectly it's a normal. It's good outlet. You better quit the opera club. Too no, many no. high notes. I'm not kidding. You... <laughs> You're an expert on gambling, aren't you? On gambling, yeah, not on winning. Yeah, but you know odds, you know the games, you know all those things. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the savior of the Lexington Avenue Opera Club, Oscar Madison.
1: So we go there to credits, and after the credits, the meeting ends, everyone's saying thank you to Oscar. Oscar asks Felix, what are they thanking him for? Felix says he'll find out. Then Henry says, you won't have any trouble convincing him, will you? And Felix says, don't worry, just let me talk to him alone. Vivian says, and you will check on my wig. And Felix says, don't worry about your wig, Vivian, which will become kind of a catchphrase for this episode. It sure will. Oscar will Oscar is now sitting on the couch with a beer in one hand, a big sandwich in another hand, and Felix's plate of finger sandwiches from the meeting on his lap. Felix says, Oscar? Oscar says, no. Felix laughs and says, I didn't say anything yet. Why are you saying no? And he says, well, let's start with no and we'll work from there. Felix says, my opera club is in desperate trouble. And then Oscar says, I know I've heard them sing, which cracks himself up really uh, heartily and saying, that's a goodie. He also shakes his leg at this point. I don't know if you notice this. And it rocks the plate of finger sandwiches. And some of them fall to the floor, which I don't think oh. was intentional. Didn't and Felix that. says, yeah, you've, you're some character. You really are. You've made yourself a sandwich. And now you've got my finger he's, he's through.
2: He's gritting his teeth, you know. Through...
1: <laughs> Felix he, is trying to make light of it, yeah. And he picks up, Tony Randall picks up the sandwiches that Oscar dropped. Again, I don't think any of that was planned. I think it just was fortuitous mm, yeah. uh, behavior oscar says yeah they're going to be for dessert uh felix laughs at this and he says the opera club has been operating for several years at a steady loss oscar says so have i felix says and you know every year we run a fundraising event oscar says all right how much of the tickets and what does it make of the car felix says we're not going to have some corny raffle that's for easter which i don't think i quite understand that joke
2: (laughs) it doesn't really Felix is not being consistent with that. Well, I understand
1: the Rafael idea doesn't. I get that, but is is Easter the reference to Easter? There's something I should understand. Like, why is that an Easter reference?
2: That I don't.
1: Okay. You know what we're going to do this year? We're going to have a Monte Carlo night, gambling for the sake of opera. And Oscar says, "Good, go ahead. It's all right with me." Felix says, "Well, there's only one problem. We don't know much about gambling." Oscar says, "What's to know? You call your bookie, and then later you send him a check." Felix says, running a Monte Carlo night is a lot more complicated than that. Oscar says, all right, Felix, what do you want from me? And as he says this, he drinks the fruit punch bowl <laughs> with fruit punch left over the party, and he drinks directly from the ladle. He takes the ladle out of the yeah. bowl and puts it in his mouth. Hmm. Felix says, put that down. Oscar puts it back in the bowl. Felix says, not back in there after it's been in your... And then he doesn't even finish the sentence, and he shakes his head in disgust with the audience laughs at Felix says, all right, here's what I want you to do. You know where to rent gambling equipment. We don't know that. And you could get it at the right, place, right price. And then teach our members how to operate the equipment. Then set the odds so we make a lot of money. Then spread the word around so we'll have a lot of people there gambling. Then on the night of the event, you run everything. Can you do that? Oscar says, sure. Just let me slip into a telephone booth, change in my cape, break a date with Lois Lane, and I'll be right out. Felix says, well, I know it's a lot, but you've run into you've run gambling nights before. Oscar says, yeah, and Vinny's garage, which is a Vinny reference. We haven't heard it from Vinny in a while. Oh, he means that Vinny. Yeah. Well, I, I assume he means mean that Vinny. I mean, that's, why?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I put Boy, the, he's, he's been in he has not been in the show all season, though. Uh
1: yeah, in Vinny's garage, I put the equipment in my pocket. Felix says, Are you trying to say you don't want to help me? Oscar says, Felix, I'm trying to tell you I can't help you. I don't have the time. I would if I could, but honestly, I really can't. Honest. Then he puts a cup into the punch bowl, and finally does it kind of right and says, "Well, punch," and that leads us to the second clip. All right, we
0: won't have a Monte Carlo night. That's all. The law says we have to. No law says we have to have an opera. We live without penicillin all these years. We'll live without this. Oh, I'm sure somebody in the club knows someone who can handle it. They don't know anybody like that. They're all decent people. (laughs) I didn't mean that. I didn't mean what... Oh, come on, do it, please. It'll be so much fun. On the night of the event, we'll have a special ad featuring your picture in the program. Thanks to Oscar Madison, without whom our production of Madame Butterfly would have been Madame (laughs) Moth. You set the odds. You know, I did have a dream once. And I was Humphrey Bogart, and I was running a casino. Everybody came to see Rick. See? It was nice. and this time, all the money goes to the opera. In the dream, I got all the money, and Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> oh, you'll do it, won't you? All Please. right. I knew up. you would. I knew you would. Grazie. Mille grazie. Hasta la vista. <laughs>
1: So the, from there, we have a, a new scene, a, an establishing shot of a gothic-looking building. I, did, could you tell where that building was in New York? I couldn't figure it out. Uh,
2: I didn't get a look at it No.
1: Okay. So inside, we see the casino night taking place and we see a roulette wheel. And we're gonna jump right into another clip because uh, there's a particularly good guest player here that is very relevant to us.
2: Mm. yes.
0: Faites le jeu, mesdames et messieurs, faites le jeu. <laughs> Mes amis, faites le jeu, hein?
2: Three red.
0: trois rouges. Oh, nobody wins. Quel dommage, quel dommage. <laughs> Little atmosphere, atmosphere. <laughs> and here we have the Wheel of Fortune. Around, around she goes, and where she stops. Et <laughs> ça And what have we? What do you call this thing? Chateau. Uh, this is the Chabellogue, mesdames et messieurs, faites le jeu. Oh, and you are in the sewer. But, uh, too bad. Uh, maybe you are lucky at love, monsieur, eh? yeah, When people are losing, they don't like to be laughed at, especially in two languages. This is the only game in town. What a crowd. You did such a great job. Where'd you get all these people? It was easy. I told my bookie about it. He did the rest. You mean these are, some of these are professional gamblers? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. How could you do that to me? What's the matter? Because professional gamblers know how to win. I want people to lose like you. <laughs> Professional gamblers spend a lot of money at places like this, not like those piccolo players you invited. Besides you're winning, am I? Oh, the club's way ahead. Are we really? Yeah. Oh, thanks, Ben. Yeah, Phoenix, this is the, of, the Well, I think we ought to close we said we close at 12 o'clock let's not get greedy it's 12 o'clock no no but you said we're winning we're getting ahead yeah but Felix listen you said the odds are with the house didn't you if we make more money then we can put on two odds yeah Yeah, but the odds can turn on you but how can they turn when the odds are with the house I've seen it happen a million times 11 a winner pay the man million and one (laughs) times let it ride game's closed game closed I can't close the game now, i got a bet on the table. We missed you. But he's, he's got it all on one number, he left it. Loud. Loud. Listen, I'm the house, you can you could lose your shirt on this game. Why don't you spread it around? Make it last. No. Let it ride, spin the wheel. I'm the house and it's my ball. Everybody go home.
3: <laughs> I said let it ride.
0: You can't, there's no ball.
1: Then we'll use your eye. So, that roulette player who says, We'll use your eye is none other than Louis Gus.
2: The Louis Gus. The the missing Louis Gus. Who we talked
1: about in The Eyes of April, who was cut out uh, that episode. And I think now we see why he's a kind of a, a, a. get as a guest star. He's just got a really good delivery and a good look. Uh, his career features 117 credits back to 1958. He's on such shows as Naked City, Ice by Rhoda, Maud, Quincy, Kojak, All in the Family, Taxi, Heart to Heart, and Trapper John. He has five odd couple official credits, but we know he actually only appeared in four of those shows. This is his first. So the one before is the first credit for Minds of April, but he's not in the show really. The visuals in that scene are that Felix steals the roulette ball to close it and he puts it in his mouth. <laughs> I love that. Very yeah. unfuel's like. <laughs> and then when he and says this... we'll, when he uses when he says we'll use your eye, he spits it out directly on the yeah. roulette wheel. And Henry, <laughs> kn- right. Henry, knee Herbert, yeah, picks it up and cleans it on his jacket, which is right. also kind of gross. He picks it up with his hand.
2: Yeah, with Felix's germs on it. Felix yeah. It's letting
1: his germs all over it. Um, so they come home from that, and Felix walks in, he's holding a towel over his head because he's very upset and and clearly he lost. And he says, every cent, we lost every cent, not only what we took in, but what we started out with. We're wiped out. Oscar says, I'm sorry, Felix. Felix says, you're sorry. Is that all you can say? We're ruined, I'm ruined. They'll never talk to me again. I blame you. Oscar says, you blame me? And Felix says, yes. Bringing in professional gamblers, playing numbers no one ever heard of, 11. And that ball was tricky too, it tasted funny oscar says felix those are the breaks that's why they call it gambling which is by the way yeah you know, we'll, we'll hear that in the hor- repeats in the horse racing later. episode yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway it's your fault felix says my fault my fault oscar says i said to close at 12 you got greedy you're the one who blew it and felix clearly does not leave, learn his lesson here because in the horse racing episode yeah he also doesn't learn his does gets greedy Felix says there's no sense in pointing the accusing finger of blaming anybody. The point is, what are we going to do now? Oscar says there's nothing that you could do now. Arnold won the money, honestly. And that leads us into another clip.
0: Arnold? Yeah. You know him? Yeah, I know him a long time. You're kidding. Me. You, you, you. Put the 20s over here. And put the 10s over you got there. there. Singles, you hear? Where, where'd you get all that money? from Arnold. He owed it to me. What? Yeah. only owed it to me since the year one. The Let It Ride guy owed you money? That's my Arnold. Well, that's wonderful. Oh, don't touch the money, But what, what a play. I told you not to touch it. But now, the opera club gets its money back. Yay! I don't think I heard you. We're saved! We get our money back! Now, I know I didn't hear you. Surely you're not thinking of keeping that money. Why not? It's my money. No, it's not. It belongs to the opera club. How do you figure that? Well, Arnold got it from us, you got it from him, you give it back to us, then everybody's even. (laughs) be right you gotta be out all this money no you wouldn't you just be back where you started from yeah but only Arnold wouldn't know it to me anymore so I had this money coming to me but it came from the Opera club from them to him to you to me it's like an isosceles triangle <laughs> this triangle. Now you explained it properly. Now, all I have to do is call up Arnold, see, and I say, Arnold, you know the money you paid me? Well, I had to give it to my roommate to put on a production of Madame Butterfly. So you're gonna have to pay me back again, see? And then he'll say, I'll twist your little rigoletto. I'm not giving you this money! Boy, talk about selfish! (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. You're not gonna get your picture in the program.
1: So from there, we have a new scene. The club is meeting again. Felix says, now we're not going to panic. We're going to give up. We're going to just keep on trying. And Henry says, the customer says, if we don't come up with some money by this weekend, we forget about the kimonos. Vivian says, what about my wig? (laughs) Of course. Felix says, don't worry about your wig, Vivian. Your wig's going to be fine. Henry says, Felix, you told us you could get that money back. And Felix says, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'm wearing him down. This morning, he talked to me. That's something. If there's nothing else, I think maybe we better break up the meeting because I don't want you to be here when he comes home. Henry says, we just started. Felix says, I know, but he says, the group makes him nervous and I want to talk to him. So at that moment, Oscar walks in and he's very happy for some reason. He says, hey, hi, gang. How are you? You're going? Why don't you stick around? We'll have a beer. Henry says, let us know what happens, Felix. I guess he feels guilty. Maybe that's why he's doing that. Let us know what happens, Felix. Felix says, we'll have a season. Don't worry. Vivian is about to say something, but Felix says, don't worry about your wig, Vivian. They She's all leave. A pushy about the wig. Yes. They all leave w- without talking to him, to, to Oscar. Oscar asks about why the silent treatment. Felix says, well, what do you expect from a group that's been denied a rehearsal hall? The landlord asked for the rent. I told him I don't have the rent. Oscar Madison has the rent. So Oscar starts to sing and walk away. And Felix says, Oscar, if we don't bring the money up for the costumes, he's going to sell them to a road company, a flower and drum song. Oscar says, what do you want from me? Felix says, in the three years I've lived here, I've never asked you for one cent. Now, I don't... I have a feeling there's other episodes (laughs) that make it not three years Mm -hmm. that he's been there. He's been there three seasons of television. But I don't think he's been there three years.
2: There are certainly times that... uh, Well, there have been various financial obligations one has had to the other, but.
1: And there's divorces. Uh, I mean, he moved in after the divorce. I don't think the divorce right. was three years ago. I have right. a feeling there's right. other episodes that contradict that, that right. timeline. Oscar says, that's the one thing I liked about you that he didn't ask him for anything. Um, uh, and Felix says, I'm not asking you for any money now. All I'm asking for is a loan. Oscar's a loan. What are you gonna do to put up collateral? Your are vaporizing? <laughs> Felix says, Oscar, if I don't give the money back to you in six months, I guarantee I'll do anything you say. And then a big grin comes across Oscar's mouth. Felix knows why he's grinning and he says, Right, I'll even move out. Oscar says, You got it.
2: Ironically, if Felix moves out though and is not paying his part of the rent, Oscar would would lose money in the long term. That's true. Intriguing. But I guess it shows unless, how badly. Unless he, works. he thinks he can, <laughs> unless he thinks he can get a new roommate easily somehow. Wow, what a plot twist that would be! If we went on to a season six, that could
1: have been it. Uh, we have a new scene. Now this time, the establishing shot of the San Remo is not that normal. Uh, shot where we go up the wall facing central park west we're now facing the corner of the building so we see it yes. straddling central park At west and, level. Yeah. and whatever this cross street is so we see the full building more uh we see felix on the phone in the kitchen and he says to i don't know that we ever know who's who he's on the phone with i don't think we do he says well i figured out that if we just charge 35 cents more per ticket we'll have enough to pay oscar back well it just means we won't have our picnic year picnic this year and oscar walks in
2: Well, he's obviously talking to Henry.
1: What about Vivian?
2: (laughs) She only cares about the wig.
1: Oh, okay. Henry's the only other one who ever talks. So here's what happens after Oscar walks in.
0: Oh, boy, am I glad to see you. you No, No. not out of the faucet. Come on. (laughs) Tastes better that way. Hey, you're making cookies, yeah? Making your favorites. (laughs) Yeah, shaped like horse's heads. (laughs) Ah, cookies. The least I can do for the man who's giving us back our opera season. Look at this. Oh, very good. Oh, hot (laughs) hair! Good, good, hot, hot, good, Oscar. Oh, you make the best cookie. King of the cookies. I'm king of the cookies. (laughs) Yep.
3: Did
0: you bring the money? Yeah, well, I want to give it to you on Wednesday. Good, but Wednesday? I I don't understand. Well, see, Wednesday is when I'm going to win it, so that's when I'm going (laughs) to give it to you. (laughs) Yeah, I, I thought look, Felix, I went to the bank this morning, I took out the money and I just happened to be passing the pool room. And, uh... and you lost it? No, no, I didn't lose it. See, I ran into Short Shot Wilson, and he challenged me to a game. He and said... you lost the money? I did not lose the money. Now, this man is the champ of the thirty-fourth Street pool room. Now, he challenged me, Felix. One game, 250 points for the whole pile. See, Wednesday, I'll have a lot of money, and you'll still have your money. Oh, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. <laughs> see, he challenged me. Everybody was around, they were looking, Arnold, all my friends. I mean, what could I say? If I back down, if I'd chickened out wild, wow, they probably never would talk to me again. Don't you understand? Understand? Sure, I know you don't want to be humiliated in front of your friends. Yeah, see, so I put up the murder. What's done is done. As Macbeth said, what's done cannot be undone. Murderer! (laughs) Murderer! Macbeth, I can't talk to you! Where are you going? I'm going to the pool room and practice. Practice? Yeah. Thought you were supposed to be so good. Oh, everybody practices. Even the best player in the world practices. Going with you. What for? I'm gonna protect my money. I want to see if you're any good. You can't go to the pool room. Your mother won't let you. I won't tell her.
1: So now we see Times Square is an establishing shot and we see a sign for pool billiards, which goes downstairs under street level and Oscar's practicing pool. He breaks in the pool game very lightly. Felix says, ah, you missed. Didn't put anything in. Oscar says played safety. It's a very important part of the game. Uh, do you? I, play, I played pool. Do you play pool a little or no? I'm no hustler. But um, I dabbled in college, yes. so I don't. I'm not sure I was aware of playing safety with the break. Is that a? I guess that's a thing where you don't really hit them hard. Uh, well, I guess I gather some players might be very strategic in
2: the break. Like I think if you're hit it hard, just to splatter the balls, you're just hoping something goes in or something. But I could see how a more strategic player wants to set something up.
1: How do you? How do you know you're setting it up for yourself that I way? I don't know. I guess if you're experienced, you know how the balls break. Um, Felix says, I like when the white ball hits and makes it all go into every pocket. Oscar is now very frustrated quickly. And he says, here, here, here. And he shoots the cue ball hard into the pile. Felix says, hey, bravo. Great. Very great. You're very good at pool. Wonder how you say pool in Italian. La pula." Now he turns to the pool room manager. Um who is behind the desk he's reading a comic book and he asks him if he knows how to play say pool in italian and the man is annoyed by the question and, and doesn't answer according, As he be. <laughs> according to the credits his name is barney but i don't he think makes he, the credits he does because he's a known actor he he no. doesn't he doesn't um they never say his name in the show so he's actor sydney clute who did a lot of guest shots on tv in the 50s and 80s but he has two roles that People will know him for. One less so is McLeod. He had a recurring role as a cop of McLeod. But for Cagney and Lacey fans, he was a detective LaGuardia on the show. Mm-hmm. And the most famous thing about him is he died halfway through the run. Oh. But the creator of the show, who I think was a friend, kept him in the opening credits for the rest of the show. So he was in the opening credits every week, but the character who was said to be away all the time when they I referred to him the actor was actually I dead I mean, that's sad so he got but he got fame very late in life you know that was like his biggest role and yeah it is sad he died halfway through it uh but that's where most people will know him from
2: this episode has a lot of great character actors for because we're once we're in the world of gambling uh so that's interesting that he makes it too like right? they need to populate that room with
1: types yeah i mean he has very little to do here so it's a it's a surprise yeah but i think at the time sydney clute was it's not a not a
2: oh a, no no clearly, clearly a, to it's not it's not a big it, it's a negligible role but yeah. um they which means they
1: cast him for his physical type more than anything yes felix says a pool pool i said felix says pool pool is a lake lago lago bravo in lago Oscar says, would you stand back a little bit, Felix, please? And then Oscar goes to shoot, and he accidentally hits Felix in the stomach with the cue, and Felix (laughs) exclaims, ooh. And then Felix says, oh, you have to stand way back in this game, don't you? And then the audience laughs really hard at that line, which I think, here's what Mm. I think, because it's not that funny a line. I think something was happening on the set. They either did that shot many times, and they couldn't get the words right or something, and then Tony Randall or some writer came up with that line to solve some sort of problem they were having. Mm. And the audience who had been sitting there for an hour watching this happen, this was all in my mind, <laughs> laughed yeah, at it. Yeah. But why, did you notice how hard they laughed when he said that? That's No, not- uh,
2: but um, I mean, the basic joke, the basic humor here is that Felix knows nothing about pool, yeah. And so what I see in the scene, most importantly, is this yet again, we have one of, one of the guys teaching the other, and in this case, is usual. Oscar is teaching Felix about sports, if we can call pool sports. Um, and uh, you know, and Felix is like total cluelessness, but trying to make a joke out of everything, or trying to act an expert. Um, but he's so clueless about even just where you stand. Um, so I think that's maybe that's feeding in. Maybe the audience is already relishing. One of those scenes, which, by the way, is so clearly kind of developed again. I'm not saying it's ad libbed on camera, but it's like these scenes, like the old, like the classic, the football one, is comes out of a result of Randall and Klugman ad libbing and improving their way through a scene like this. Because Felix is like just so random, all the Italian stuff. He just like, uh, and it's not, it's not one of the better scenes. <laughs> In fact, I think I'm pretty sure this was cut from syndication because I don't remember. This I remember the, the the next scene in the pool hall, but I don't remember this one because it's totally expendable.
1: But none of that explains why they laugh at. Oh, you have to stand <laughs> okay. way back in the game, don't you? Fine,
2: I have no explanation.
1: Uh, Oscar sinks a ball, and Felix says, "Bravo, Bravo in Lago." And then Felix asks Oscar how he knows he's winning when he plays by himself, and Oscar says, "If I get the balls in the pocket, I'm winning." He sinks another shot, and again says, "Felix says Bravo, Bravo." Felix asks to try one. Oscar gives him the cue and says he didn't know that Felix played pool. Felix says, I don't, but it's the same as golf, isn't it? You just put a ball in a hole. Oscar says I didn't know you played golf. Felix says, I don't. Oscar angrily says, shoot, when Felix says he doesn't play golf. Felix says, So what do I do? Oscar says, make the nine ball in the corner pocket. Felix asks, how do you know it's the nine ball? And Oscar says, take a look. Felix says, oh, it's got a little number on it, hasn't it? Hey, that's clever. He actually sinks the ball and is very excited. He then grabs the cue ball, puts it in front of different balls and says, now I'm going to put the 14 ball in that. No, no, no. Put the 15 ball in this hole. The audience is again, really enjoying this too much in my opinion. It's like they're all pool players. <laughs> I guess so. And right. So it's like the inside joke. See, I'm is, telling you yeah. that they, they are
2: finding Felix's cluelessness about pool really funny. Okay. but.
1: That does, there must be something different about them. I know what ta- you're explaining what's Maybe. happening, which I understand. I'm yeah. trying to wonder why. You're saying an happening.
2: average studio audience would yes. not even know
1: pool that well. An average audience shouldn't be laughing at these jokes. Something's going on. Either they're all yeah. pool players, they're all Oscars pool play, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Jack Klugman's pool player friends, mm. or yes. there's something that was happening in the taping of the show.
2: Well, you're right. I think there could have been a lot of outtakes and improv during the 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 session during the uh what do you call it taping and uh maybe they were getting getting on some jokes that we don't get to see yeah you know.
1: so oscar grabs the ball and says hold it come on you can't do that you've got to hit the cue ball where it stops you can't put it around the table make everything a pocket hanger felix says oh that's much harder that way isn't it oscar <laughs> says, yes it's much harder that way felix says yes you want me to win that game let me practice I'm sorry, Oscar says, yes, you want me to win that game? Let me practice. Leave me alone, please. So Felix then notices a man sitting on a stool who is asleep holding a paper bag. He asks Oscar who it is. Oscar says he's the man holding the bet money. Oscar asks, is he holding it? Oscar points out it's in a paper bag. And Felix says he's asleep. Anybody could come along and take it. Is it safe? Oscar shrugs. Felix walks over the man to see what happens if he tried to take the bag. And then the man slowly brings out a gun from behind the bag <laughs>
2: while his eyes are still closed.
1: <laughs> and Felix whispers, it's safe. Uh, that actor, is a strong word, that man is named Tony Dante. <laughs> and if you look at his IMD credits, they all say uncredited. He's another just a physical type. You know. uh, then Felix mouths something to Oscar that I could not tell and was not in the closed caption. He doesn't say it out loud. He mouths it and he walks and he leaves the pool room. I didn't either. No. So we have a new scene in the pool. Hey, hall. can I just say before yes. we move on because it's yeah. important for the yeah. for the
2: the the the, the climax? Uh, Jack Klugman looks like he knows what he's doing shooting pool. Well, I assume that's why this episode exists. If, right. That. Is, <laughs> how can we give Jack a, an, excuse, like, an excuse to play the pool on camera? Or yeah, but um, uh, I know they can cut around things like that. Obviously, but if you watch carefully, they're not doing a lot of that. He's able. He's circling the table and. Going around and making sh- one shot after another without it, it, some cuts, but there are some point, some stretches where there are no cuts where he's doing it. So,
1: so could now, be
2: from real life.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I assume. Yeah, I assume this was. Yeah, but you know, they're showing. Well, actually, they're showing off Felix's opera singing and yes, Jack. So yes. I have. It feels like it was a compromise episode, which is, <laughs> which we know is right. One one way in this show that leads to mediocre episodes is when they have. Well, to it's like, in.
2: yeah, it's when they have no idea. This is the way they would describe it. It's like when they had no ideas, they would say, okay, Tony, you like opera. Jack, you like sports. What can we do?
1: So we have a new scene in the pool hall. Now the room is very smoky. There's a number of people watching. Sure shot Wilson, who is the other pool player we are, we are assuming because he's mentioned He's uh, shooting pool. Oscar's sitting in a chair, resting his head in his hands, exasperated. Sure shot Wilson's played by Stanley Adams, who has more than 200 credits to his name. He has three, however, uh, or two fairly famous roles besides this one. He's in the uh, quite notable Buster Keaton episode of The Twilight Zone, which has some silent film you know i it.
2: never okay i like the twilight zone a lot but i'm not a huge i'm not encyclopedic about it and i must say i've never seen that episode so you make
1: me really curious to see it now it's a time travel episode it's a mm. little bit it's it's a it's it's not your standard twilight zone it's got right. this kind of tribute to buster keaton's silent mm-hmm. film errors it's 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 kind of jokey mm. so um but it's it, and it's distinct so it makes it known and then most famously maybe not to you he's Cyrano Jones from the Trouble with Tribbles episode of Star Trek. I,
2: that episode, I remember. Oh, you do?
1: Okay, so he's okay. the person who brings the Tribbles to the Starbase that then gets all over the Enterprise and the Starbase. That's so funny because
2: looking at him in this, he seems so natural in this element as this kind of quasi gangster
1: gambler that I can't imagine him in Star Trek. <laughs> he does look very different on Star Trek. Yeah. Jones. I mean, it was 10 years earlier, almost, not quite. He also is in a second odd couple episode. He's in the big broadcast, which I can't picture him. I right can't now. place him either. In that so moment. unless hey, he's cut out, we'll check him out later. But but uh, I also just want to say something about
2: his he's so great in this uh, and so memorable. Uh, when I saw him come back on this come on the screen, I said, oh, yeah, this guy, um, his character, we should point out, is uh He's called Sure Shot Wilson, right? Yeah. But he clearly, in his appearance, that he's a rotund man with a dapper suit, very much resembles the character of Minnesota Fats in uh, the movie The Hustler with Paul Newman, where that, uh, that character, that Paul, uh, Jackie, Minnesota Fats, is Jackie, Jackie Gleason, Gleason, right, yeah, yeah. who's, who's uh, Fast Eddie's nemesis. And so the fact that they're calling this episode The Hustler that was already a classic movie from 10 years earlier. He's, I think, clearly modeled on the Minnesota Fats character.
1: Yes, uh, that makes sense to me. He's also a smoker, and he's got a very gravelly voice, which plays, oh, yeah. plays a role later in the episode. And he hits a few shots, and the manager says, sure shot 240, Oscar 237. And then Felix walks in now, and uh, this is what happens then.
0: You made enough to pay for the costumes yet? No, I haven't made enough to pay for the costumes yet. I'm taking so long. I'm losing, Felix. <laughs> you're losing. Well, that that that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to win. Tell him he never misses. I haven't shut my mouth. <coughs> Listen to the cough on that guy. I don't believe it. I'm getting wiped out. You're worried about his cough. Told you the ventilation in here was terrible. <laughs> that's a miss! Fine. You chance. Now you're gonna win. Now stay cool, concentrate, Concentrate on each ball. Don't get too excited. Please, can I shoot before the queue walks? Yes, yes. Remember, he's gonna win because he's my friend. He's good. Bravo! Bravo in Lavo, bravo, bravo! <laughs> Felix Unger, commercial photographer, portraits a specialty. Yeah. (coughs) Some cough you've got. What cough? Listen to you. (coughs) See? You know what causes that no? Try trying to concentrate on a game, will you please cool it? Try to do someone a favor. Sit down on the What causes it? Smoking, of course. But you smoke two packs a day. Four. Four? You smoke four packages of cigarettes a day? My uncle Edward used to smoke four packages of cigarettes a day. He quit. He died. (laughs) Uncle Edward was only forty six years of age. I'm forty (laughs) five. You look older. Off. where do you feel it worse in your throat or down in your chest what difference does it make i mean is it important the right answer could save your life chest mm. throat i should have said throat
1: so one thing i should have pointed out i guess i could have pointed out before the clip played oscar seems to be acting like he's losing a lot but the score is so close; it's two forty to two thirty-seven. So what I and that happens a lot. I don't understand. Oscar acts like he's being completely right. overrun, but he doesn't right. seem to be. Well, I would say to that
2: two things. One, I don't know; I don't remember at all how pool is scored. Just I know you gotta get the eight ball in, basically, if you're playing eight ball. Um, but uh, I guess the tr- trick here is that it has to be close enough that Oscar can conceivably catch up.
1: Um, but, but th- three uh, points feels like yeah
2: but the other thing is that he his main uh worry is that sure shot is on a roll and at that moment uh but wait when do they announce that was that before that was
1: before right before the clip and there's, there's another support that gets announced in a moment oh, okay well
2: about. let's see if that's higher let's see if it's
1: well it is
2: <laughs> i'm uh, just saying like all right well i i, I give up
1: i don't know okay Oscar, uh, I'm sorry, so in uh, in the background of this episode is Eddie Garrett, who we've not mentioned yes. in a while.
2: No, but uh, Ted, you missed him in the Monte Carlo scene. Oh,
1: okay, I did, yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, he's also in the Monte Carlo scene, and, it's, and I'm not sure he's the same character in both scenes. Uh, although I suppose he's one of Oscar's gambling friends.
1: He could be like, yeah. There's a plausible. But he looks reasoning. like
2: a totally different costume and everything. I, it just flashed across my mind that it's he's so kind of
1: ubiquitous,
2: ubiquitous, and yet invisible that yeah. uh, it's not even clear whether he's intended to be the same character. Uh,
1: by the way, Stanley Adams was 57 in real life at the time. That of the seems more plausible than 45. Uh, so we have a new scene, Oscar breaks again, and Felix asks Shot when he last had a, check, a chest x-ray. And he says, chest x-ray. Felix says, well, you might have emphysema. Oscar then misses. And now it's announced that Oscar's ahead 248 to 240. So again, oh, it, okay. it seems like Oscar's actually But Shot was- went up to 240. But Oscar went up to 248.
2: Well, uh, while he was talking to Felix here.
1: The score is not consistent with the way Oscar's <laughs> reaction is, is what I'm saying. Okay, like hall, he's just very neurotic about these things. The hall manager tells sure Shot it's his shot, but he's busy talking to Felix. He says to Felix, You know, it used to get me first in the throat. And then, and before he can finish the sentence, the manager tells him to shoot. Cool. SureShot realizes he has to shoot. He gets up, he takes out a cigarette, decides to give them Felix instead. He goes to shoot, but he ends up hitting the ball like underneath. Hitting, using the, hitting it underneath the ball, which makes it leap off the table onto the floor. Oscar's stunned, gets up to shoot, sinks two balls, and wins the game. Felix is very excited and starts gloating. Oscar tells him to be quiet. Oscar's handed the bag of money. He gives it to Felix. Felix says to Shurshot on the way out, I'm naturally elated that my friend won, but I hope I didn't upset you. Shot says, forget it. You taught me one lesson. Never shoot pool without a cigarette. And he grabs the pack back from Felix. He puts one in his mouth and he goes to shoot pool. Felix says, such a nervous man. Oscar says, I made him nervous. You see the way he was shaking? Felix says, When I told him about my uncle Edward, he got so upset. Oscar says, Who? Felix says, my uncle Edward, that one that was killed in the bus crash. Sure shot, hears this. And again, he hits the ball underneath <laughs> and knocks it off the table. And we get a freeze frame ending, like uh, though. Yeah, ball.
2: But that's. Well, I think we often get a free spring, but not one that is such an action shot. Right? Like the yes.
1: Cue ball in midair. Yes. After yes. he's uh, knocked it off the table. Yeah. So we have a tag. Oscar's practicing pool at the dining room table. He's using poker chips and glasses. Is beholden. that what I could not? I think they're uh, poker chips. I was watching on my phone. I
2: think so. I could not. I, I assume they were marbles, maybe because how you'd have, but. But you're right. They must be the marbles. Would roll off the table too easy. Yeah.
1: So. I mean, I. I didn't study it super closely. At first, I thought they were like peanut, like yeah, walnut, they're really walnut small. shells. Yeah, yeah, but then they're I really looked small. at them, and I do think they're poker chips, which makes sense. Yes. Because he has them. Felix comes in in a tuxedo with the opera club behind him. He says, Oscar, it was the best opening night of our club ever, had. And we owe it all to you. And we've got something for you. And that is our final scene from the show.
0: right our club ever had? Our and we owe it have- all to you. We've got something for you. Mm-hmm. Glory unto Oscar Madison, here's a thank you now that our work is done. Glory and proud to Oscar M, he wrote out a check, he stuck out his neck, he's the best.
1: understand you know something about that song yes i okay now
2: i just want to be honest it's not like i instantly recognized it i i think i i I know a fair amount about classical music and a, a little bit of opera but i couldn't place this i knew i had heard it before i knew it had to be a famous opera chorus but which is why they would be singing it uh but i had to spend like a good part of two afternoons trying to track it down and the way i did that was by just finding albums of famous opera choruses and um and sure enough it is the soldiers chorus from the opera the french opera faust by charles Gounod. Uh, how did you I, find this you you what did you do <laughs> oh i'm sorry i just listened to you know i work, put on music while i'm working during the day and i just found you know through uh, itunes or google music you know i just like play albums of, uh, like kind of highlights albums of great moments in opera chorus. And I just kept listening until I heard the tune. Wow! And um, it took a while though because I assumed it was Italian. It sounded something like Verdi would write, which is, we wrote a lot of choruses. And then I gave up and just said opera choruses in general. And this came up, Soldier's Chorus from Faust, the opera Faust by Gounod. 19th century opera, and I can say that the word "glory" is in the the original French words, but that's the only thing they take from it. So it is so it's kind of an it's it's a deep cut, you could say, an in joke for the opera fans uh, if they're listening closely. Hmm. Well, the other I, fu- the other yeah. main funny thing about the scene, uh, the visually, we should say, is that is Oscars Oscars not quite enjoying this. Uh, being serenaded this way
1: no which we well, see at least, we, yeah. we see that a bunch with the show where like her the uh herbert who's now henry right. singing to him he did he got he started to laugh at uh well yeah i had no idea what it was, and i never would have been able to track that down so. I,
2: you know only for this podcast Ed, yes where i worked at it and i got it
1: so i find this a forgettable episode i just i first of all i think because of the pool room scene i always think it's in season one isn't there a pool room scene in season one?
2: There's a the gambling.
1: Well, we should we should know this. I'm I we sure. watch it. I feel like I saw it anyway. <laughs> we
2: didn't want. We didn't get
1: to see it in our. Uh, or maybe that was one of the ones we missed. Yeah. Anyway, right. I, I right. find well, we will be corrected. I'm sure. Okay. I find it forgettable. I I I don't think it's particularly interesting. It all feels very forced. Uh, there's some amusing moments. I don't hate it. I can watch it. But I find it forgettable. And that's why I give it two and a half out of five hurries. Well, I like
2: this one. I give it four Marys. um I just enjoy it. I think what I enjoy the most, aside from the isolated funny bits, what I guess I enjoy about the whole thing is this. Cla- is what we we're talking about? Like, it it seems like the episode may have came together randomly by putting together opera and. Uh, gambling but i kind of like the way that works and out. and pool it's,
1: it's, opera gambling and pool
2: Pool, yes uh and uh, i like the way that the, those two mix especially in the monte carlo night scene it's really funny that you have all of felix's opera guys and girls like trying to run a nice like a uh, charitable event and then there's these, like Louis Gus type real gangster gamblers. Uh, it's so the mixing of high and low is 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 I enjoy that in that especially in that scene. But it kind of pervades through the whole um, the whole episode. The, the 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 pool hall scene is great. I mean the climax one with uh, Sure Shot. I love that scene. Um, uh, I love his voice, <laughs> his gravelly voice. Um, I just find it, yeah, it kind of works for me. It's a, you know, it's a strong plot in that it's simple, but strong. Like they got to raise this money and it goes back and forth a lot and uh, they stretch it out as far as they can. But the fact that it goes from high opera to low, you know, uh, gambling pool hall life. I like the range of that. It feels like I'm getting a whole bunch of, New York, so much of New York in this episode. Makes me think about how also You know, this opera company of Felix's, uh, he manages, he takes it seriously, but it's kind of hard to run as small as it is. I mean, as we see when they do performances, it's not like they're not putting on productions like The Met. They basically, it's doing a one night, uh, you know, in a small auditorium, like kind of highlights from opera, you know. But um, these days, running, it's basically a nonprofit that would be very hard to run. I think so I kind of nostalgic about a time when it was probably easier to throw together like a little community theater effort like this and put on one or two performances a year. Or so, uh, so I like, I, li- I like that world mixed with the pool hall world uh, makes it. Pretty.
1: My issue with the pool hall scene is I don't like his gravelly voice. I found it distracting, but the, <laughs> the, the reveal that his, cousin or uncle didn't die from cancer but died from bus crashes such a corny old joke yes there's multiple and, episodes of all in the family where edith oh really does that oh. and i even there i find it like cliche it's like a it's a cop-out
2: yeah it is a it's a bit lame because of course what does that say about feel like really so felix was just coincidentally bringing exactly. up like right <laughs> he right. doesn't even he he, he doesn't do it intentional, intentionally he right. had no idea that there, that that sure shot would make a connection between the
1: two. Yeah, right.
2: Oh, and we can't let the episode go by without mentioning that, of course, Tony Randall himself was a known fanatic about smoking.
1: Yes, yeah,
2: ahead of his time. Yeah, I mean, although I should say, well, already there was the Surgeon General warning and all that. But he, one of the things everyone t- know talks about who worked with Tony Randall is that even as far back as the sixties, he insisted on no smoking on the set. He was now, of course. How did he? I don't know how he got by for five seasons with Jack Klugman, uh, because I think the smoking. I imagine most of the smoking is real that you see in, at this time, because they're not. There wasn't wide use of the herbal substitutes, even if they existed. Uh, so he did tolerate it for the show, but it is a lot of Tony's personal personality in that lecture he gives to Sure Shot. So I enjoy that too.
1: All right, well, we disagree on this one. Uh, And you tell us what you think at 1049pod at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy the episode and continue to listen and will rate us on iTunes. And don't worry about your wig, Garrett.
2: I'll trist your little Rigoletto.